This is Profit from the Inside with Joel Block. Insights to give your business the inside track. And now, here's your host, Joel Block. After two years of the pandemic, how do I get my salespeople out of their living rooms and out onto the road, meeting with customers and prospects? How can we integrate real-world personality into a virtual environment, or is the old system of being face-to-face dying? To answer that question, Glenn Poulos. Glenn, welcome to the show. Thanks, Joel. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. You know, um, this is such a big problem for companies. Uh, they're, they're having trouble you know, getting people who've gotten used to being at home, and they say they're just as effective at home, and they're working at home. And we're not talking about the bookkeepers and the administrators and the people who are doing uh, kind of the behind the scenes stuff. Uh, let's only we're only talking about the salespeople, the people that are that have some kind of customer facing responsibilities. All right. Y- yes. Yeah. All right. Sorry. The, the question is, uh, who am I targeting my message to? Yeah, no, our, our discussion right now yeah. is, is about. Uh, people that have, that are customer facing. Absolutely. Yeah. We allow so, them to yeah. be in the field or should we allow them to be at home uh, in their living rooms? Can they be just as effective uh, when they're, you know, when they're living room? My, my message is, is typically targeted towards people that are expected to be in front of customers in the last two years, they've not been in front of well, customers. So, so question number one, who yeah. expects, is it the company or is it the customer? So the, um, a lot of what uh, what I figure drives that is you know is what is the product and the product that you're selling and what's needed in order to close the deal. There are there are businesses out there. I don't run one um, where you can run it sort of via a virtual model, software as a service, and things like that. A lot of the whole thing can be done via a series of, of virtual meetings. You know, I operate in the hardware world. Um, we, you know, uh, the company that I run is a, is a distributor. Uh, it's high tech stuff. Doesn't really matter what it is, but, but I mean, for clarity, you know, if, uh, to put your mind around, it's like base station antennas, things are up on towers, things that help the cell phone network work. So that when, you know, the old, can you hear me now? Uh, when the answer was no, or, you know, or silence, you know, they would call us. And they would buy things from us, put it up on the towers or inside of malls or stadiums, and uh, you'd be able to, your cell phone would work, right? And so, you know, we've, we, we discovered that, uh, you know, our products are done through a series of, uh, of sales calls, presentations, demos, trials, and things like that. And many, many people sell products that don't, that don't uh, suit themselves to be being sold in this virtual world, that, especially that's sort of hyper-evolved in the last two years, and, um, you know, everyone's given it a shot. Like uh, March 2020, we all um, had to send our people home, whether we liked it or not, depending upon your state or province that you're in. You know, I mean, in Canada, we were actually locked down from that kind of a, a perspective until a few couple months ago, basically. And, um, uh, and so we had to take a world that operated face to face and move it home. Uh, you know, and uh, in the beginning, a lot of the guys thought they died and went to heaven. They're like, wait, wait a minute. I don't have to get in my car. I don't have to put on my tie, suit and tie or whatever, get, you know, my, my dress clothes. At, least, at to- least not the bottom half. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. We've all seen that joke a few times on the Internet. Right. <laughs> and, um, and I think even Mr. Wonderful does that from time to time. Right. He's got pajamas on the bottom and uh, a suit coat on the top. Right. Um, 
And, you know, I remember in March 20, our, our business, we got letters from all our customers right away saying, look, you're an essential service to us. Um, uh, you know, we're, you're, you're providing technology to the telecom network. The telecom network is more vital than ever. Uh, you can't close. So, so we had to send all our accounting staff home, our sales staff, anybody that wasn't in the warehouse and myself. <laughs> and so, um, uh, the uh, so uh, March 2020, we we bought everyone laptops that didn't have one, sent them home in the the warehouse. And myself, we kept coming to work, and the sales guys started uh, signing up for Zoom accounts, right? Zoom, GoToMeeting, you know, one one of those kind of. Uh, uh, and and in the beginning, I remember how happy they were, right? It was like, oh, this is the best thing since sliced bread, and I'm doing like three or four webinars this week, and I got like four Zoom meetings, and I did six more meetings today than I've ever done in a you know, a day or a week in, in my life. Right. And um, the, it didn't take me long to, for the novelty of that, of hearing about it to wear off on me. I wasn't actually uh, making the calls, right. The, um, but even listening to it in our weekly calls is thinking like, there's something, something not right here. And so and, let, me, let me interrupt for a second. Yeah. So how is the productivity at that time? I mean, there was no alternative two years ago, two and a half years ago, but when that happened, how was, how was their productivity? So we don't measure like clicks or anything like that. We don't have any kind of uh, monitoring system that would notice that, you know, their eyeball, you know, interactivity on their screens, like were they or weren't they. But I would say that their productivity for a very short period of time spiked uh, quite a bit. Like while they were figuring it out, they were really, you know, glued to their desk and, um, you know, really trying to really trying to make it make a goal of it and figuring it out. But, it, but you know, as as they got more comfortable with the environment, as we all do, and things become uh, more more habitual or whatever, you know, the dog barking and needing a walk and, you know, and your wife's like, you know, honey, can you take the dog? I know you're not doing anything. And he's like, yeah, I could probably squeeze 20 minutes, <laughs> you know, and he's out walking the dog. Right. And I mean. The guys here at at the at the uh, at our office and warehouse, of course, they don't get to walk their dog, right? <laughs> because they're they're at, they're here, right? So, did productivity start to slide? My gut feel is that it did, right? And I mean, I I made a few checks here and there about you know like did cell phone bills go up or down, and things like that, right? And they're uh, you know we have a, vo a complicated VoIP system and all that, and our billings and things decreased, so. I didn't think that, I don't think that they were actually making more calls. They weren't my, my, my net net of it is that they weren't more productive after the initial spike of, of uh, interesting, you know, when, when it was a novelty uh, the first few weeks, it was, I think very challenging for them and very emotionally draining for an outside sales guy to, to operate as an inside sales guy. And um, so my answer to your question is no, I don't think they were more productive. Yeah. You know, that brings up a couple of, of uh, very good points. One is, you know, what does it take to be successful virtually? And one of them that you just brought up is that the family has to respect the autonomy of the office. And, and I think there's a tendency for many people who work at home uh, that they don't get the same respect in, in their home office as they would get uh, in their business office. In other words, the family wouldn't call them every hour and the family right. wouldn't knock on the door every hour and they wouldn't, you know, I mean, so those are issues that are, that are real. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the person needs to respect the boundaries and that, you know, that if you're the, if you're the salesperson that you need to say, this is my office, these are my hours and this is what I'm doing. And, and that makes it work. Um, do you think that, uh, you know, as we're now trying to get people to come back, 
from virtual into the the office again, do you think that uh, people are going to be willing to give up the virtual thing, or do you think companies are going to have the the strength to be able to tell people, "Hey, listen, uh, come in or stay home permanently"? So. Uh, I can only tell you what I think is going to happen. <laughs> and, well, that's, um, that's what I want to know, what you think is going to yeah. happen. And my, my, uh, my prediction is that uh, for the most part, um, you know, the, uh, your upgraded uh, system that you put in your home office will be getting less and less use in very short order. And that most companies between now and the next few months, probably long before the end of the year, will have issued absolute edicts of our, our uh, RTW versus at WFH, right? In March, 2020, it was WFH work from home, right? It was an edict we all had to do. We all had to buy the technology, give it to the people. And I feel that most companies, big, small, big, medium, uh, large, small, and, and, and every size in between will be issuing basically uh, edicts saying you have to come back to work. You may get some that'll say, look, you can work two days a week at home if you're this category or this category or this category. But for the most part, everyone's coming back to work. Um, my people are all back five days a week uh, here. And, you know, um, it's I'm not because I mean or anything like that. We actually treat our people very well, but we, we needed our people back here. We needed the culture that, that exists from the admin staff to the, you know, to all, all points in between. Right. And, um, you know, Elon Musk said, come back to work or you're fired. Right. Um, the TD bank in Canada and the U S that's a North American bank in both countries. Um, they've issued an edict three days a week or you're fired. Right. And the bigger problem as well, you know, which I know you're, you, you would understand this. Um, a lot of people bought uh, residential properties in the boondocks, in the bunny patch, as we like to call it. Right. Like, oh, honey, guess what? We can now afford a house. Not, you know, we don't live, I don't work in Toronto on Bay Street anymore or on Wall Street. So I can move, you know, uh, I'm Canadian. So I use Canadian geographical references, unfortunately, but I can move from, uh, you know, downtown Toronto, right out to uh, what's normally a 90 to, uh, you know, 120 minute, uh, minute commute. And we can get a nice house that we could never afford before, you know, four bedroom with a bit of grass out front and back for the dog. Cause then I'm going to walk twice a day for you. <laughs> and uh, cause I never have to go back to work you know, and the, the, the price of housing doubled in those areas and two things happened. Of course, the interest rates have spiked and the, um, uh, the pandemic ended. And, um, and now they're saying, you got to come back to work. And they're like, well, I can't get there on time. And so now they're, there's, there's becoming, you know, those, those bunny patch houses are dropping rap more rapidly than the, the center core of the cities as people race to figure out how they're going to get back to the office. You know, don't, don't you think that, um, these edicts, which I, I, I kind of get it. I mean, there are companies that are going to do that, but don't you think there are going to be some companies are going to say one of the employee benefits that we offer is you don't have to come back in. Or one of the benefits is you only have to come in three days a week, not five days yeah. a week. And so, yeah. you know, employees are going to start making uh, employment decisions based on some of the benefit package and the benefit package is no longer just healthcare. It's going to end up being, uh, you know, where they get to work and how much flexibility they have. And I mean, so there's a lot of those kind of things. And uh, I think that I, uh, yeah, I, there will I be agree. companies that do yeah. what you just said, but there are also going to be companies that are going to try to be more competitive and they may substitute uh, work from home for some salary. True. That's possible. Yeah. The, 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 the important point there, though, is that 
um, they're going to, they're not going to pay them downtown Toronto or New York city wages to live in the bunny patch. Right. Yeah. That's, and, that's, uh, another, that's another really yeah. big conflict. Companies are having a really big problem with this. Yeah. If you uh, are from San Francisco, for example, and now you yeah. live in Omaha, right. is it fair that you get, you know, the same wages that the other people get in San Francisco because now your, your cost of living is enormously less in another place. No. It's not. And, and most San Francisco companies pay that premium. And when you move to the Omaha branch, you get a, you get a cut in pay. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> so it, it's going to be the same thing. for work from home. And uh, yeah, I, I, I actually, I'm not sure that, um, that, you know, I mean, employees, you know, they don't see it that way. They, they see it that, you know, I get this amount for my value, not because of my location. No. So no, that's uh, not true. Yeah. Well, um, may or may not, you know, but it's certainly, yeah. uh, you know, kind of yeah. the way that people think and it's, it it's is, certainly yeah. a conflict that needs to be resolved and mm-hmm. companies are having a really hard time with it for sure. Yeah. Um, the, there, you know, there are staff uh, members in my company um, that where it's not, it's not un- ideal for them to work at home. Like, cause they have such a very, you know, distinct little job that doesn't need anything to do with the office or the interacting with the other staff. We have a business analyst that does uh, certain uh, reporting and literally as long as they can connect to our systems, there's nothing, there's no lift for us bringing them in or what have you. And so those are easy choices. It's the ones where prior to the pandemic, they were five days a week, Monday to Friday, nine to five, whatever. And um, you know, and now it's this about figuring out that balance and um, I always find that in the absence of very strict, like very uh, defined decisions, chaos will ensue. <laughs> and, um, and so, you know, we're basically moving to, we're basically moving to a less, you know, like, oh, you can pick anywhere from this many days. So that many, we're just basically saying we're moving back to, um, we're moving back to a five day in office work week. And if you have some kind of a family or other um, situational uh, thing that needs attending to, we'll be, we'll be very uh, accommodating, but, you know, maybe something that occurred because of the pandemic, you know, but again, not the, the example of a guy moving two hours away, that's normally in the office. That's, that would be a bit of a non-starter for us. Right. So let's, let's talk about, um, Outside salespeople, because outside salespeople, you know, they uh, they're on the road or they're going places, they're doing things, and now they're trying to substitute uh, virtual instead of going face to face. What do you think going forward is going to be the right place for supplementing uh, in person with virtual? Because there there is going to be some combination. Nothing in the world's ever all or nothing. It's always some combination of things. So, what do you think is the right way to use virtual? and be successful as a person, as an outside salesperson that would typically, uh, you know, visit customers or whatever. Do you, do you have a sense about how to use those technologies in a way to supplement the in-person stuff? Um, well, the one thing that I want, knowing your audience and um, maybe some of the struggles they're probably dealing with prior to answering that question, I just want to share one little nugget that I, I learned over the years as it relates to the inside sales, outside sales, marketing, et cetera. And it's a, it's a rule I like to always share uh, whenever possible. And um, especially for managers and other departments. And it's this rule is like, don't confuse uh, marketing and selling, right? Never confuse selling with marketing or marketing with selling. And, and so, and they're like, what are you talking about, dude? Like, what do you mean? And, um, 
And I, and so the way I put it to them, and this is kind of a, you know, these are, this is a rule like a, that, that, that I follow, right. Which is when you're in front of a customer closing business, you know um, the, that selling everything else is marketing. And so the, if you're paying a guy, you know, X amount of dollars per year, right. It depends on the geography, the products, you know, everything quota and everything, but you're paying them tons of money to be selling for you. Don't, make the mistake of letting them become marketing because it's more comfortable. The chairs in marketing are infinitely more comfortable than they are in the sales department. In ours, there are no chairs in the sales department, right? Because we don't want them here, you know, uh, doing all sorts. Oh, today's my office day where I do, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Right. And I mean, no, the office is a destination you drive by to pick things up and drop things off. Right. And, um, and so the, so we're always, I'm always pushing our people to be in front of customers as much as possible. Now, the, some of our guys cover, you know, national accounts, right? Like carrier, uh, you know, wireless carriers, right? They're from coast to coast, you know? And so they, um, you know, we typically in this environment would use um, Zoom or, or it's, you know, counterparts like GoToMeeting or Teams or something like that you know, it for, you know, for something that's qualified where you need to include people that you couldn't otherwise be face to face for things like product demonstrations uh, or maybe a presentation of some sort or another, but we don't, we don't sort of use it for uh, initial consultation type, you know, getting to know people, but more in the middle, right. You want to use it. Well, for- listen, that, that by itself is a great rule. You know, uh, so we'll come we'll come back to the selling versus sure. marketing thing in a second because I love yeah. that rule and I'm, I'm with you on that. But I think you just hit on something that's very important, and that is that Zoom is a good supplement once you have a relationship that's been initiated face to face. Yes, I'm 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 a hundred percent with you. I think that the sale has to be made face to face where there's some relationship, there's trusting, bonding, uh, conversation, whatever, and that doesn't happen uh, the same way on Zoom. But Zoom can supplement relationships once they exist. And I think that's a very, a very key point that you make. Yeah. And um, yeah. And the uh, you know, you need to uh, you know, you need to hone your skills. It's, you know, it's different. And I mean, you know, one of my rules that I quote in my book, right. is called something in your hand and something in your mind. And um, you know, the, it's hard to do that rule over zoom. Um, but cause you're not, you're not in front of the customer. Right. And um, but the um, you know, but if you, you know, if you take the time to properly craft each um, interaction, whether it's face-to-face or via zoom, you know, you can still get value out of them. The, the biggest thing that I found about people that are using the zoom is not so much that it's good or bad, it's that when they're using the Zoom, there may not be, um, one, there may be distractions, and two, they may, not, um, they may not have the same sort of ability to present the way they can present face-to-face, right? Because there's a chemical, you know, uh, they're, they're, you know you're not, it's like, you know, it's like a date, right? You know, like you're talking, you know, and you get to know someone, then you go and have coffee and you realize there's no chemistry, right? It's the same thing. Your presentation needs to be spot on and, um, you know, you need to figure out what works and, and, and follow those, those kinds of rules. And otherwise, if you try to wing it or anything like that on Zoom, um, you know, it can get, 
uh, people, your customers will easily be distracted. They have windows open all around them. You think that you're getting hundred percent of their attention, but you're not right. And, um, and that's one of the, so I know like, I'm not, I'm not a very good salesman for zoom, right? Like clearly they wouldn't hire me because everything that comes out of my mouth is basically. Well, I, listen, I, I think, I think that, um, you know, that's because you're focused on, uh, the, the relationship development, but, you know, listen, uh, you know, if I said to you, what do you prefer a putter or a driver when you play golf? You know, what do you mean? I, which one do I prefer? I use the tool that's necessary to right. get the job done at the exactly. place where I am when I True. need to move the ball. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's how I look at Zoom. Zoom is a tool. Yeah. I, but I think what goes wrong is that people misuse the tool and they try to get the tool to do too much. Zoom has a very, very good purpose that it can, and you kind of nailed it. It, it brings along a pre-existing relationship that once you kind of have some chemistry, once you kind of have a little, little repertoire together, uh, it's really, really good for moving things along, especially in short bursts. You know, you can sit with somebody for two hours. You can't sit for two hours on Zoom. It, no. it just people's attention span, everything is different. And even though it may seem exactly the same, it's not the same. Yeah. So I think that the trick and I think that the takeaway from what you're saying for me is that we have to learn how to use this tool because it's not going away. The concept of, uh, of hybrid, hybrid's going to keep going. There's going to be some things that happen in person on airplanes. There's some things that are going to happen on Zoom. Uh, there's some things going to happen in the office. And I think what people need to really learn is what's the right way to use the tool. And that's, so I'd kind of like to adapt some of the other, because you've got like 57 of these, uh, you know, different kind of different tools that they're tricks or whatever you have. I'd like to see how can we adapt some to Zoom, adapt some to real life, because you can't you can't say anymore, in my opinion at least, uh, that it's always got to be face to face, because there is good supplement by Zoom sometimes. Yeah, true. And um, the uh, one of the other things you said, like when you're augmenting a relationship, the other thing you can do is it allows you to include people that would otherwise be excluded, like maybe. Um, you know, the director of technologies in, um, you know, a different city, right? Maybe you're in San Francisco and your people that your core, maybe you're even on site, but the, you know, there's a guy who, who works on the other side of the country. You could include him for a portion of a meeting or what have you, or ask him to participate in something that he wouldn't otherwise be able to, to, you know, you can bring, you can separate, you can, uh, make geography no longer a problem. Right. So it really helps with that as well. Again, uh, in the middle of the, um, you know, in the middle of the presentation, basically. Yeah. You know what? And that, that's another great application for the tool is to include people, uh, men and women, by the way. And yes, I, of course. I, you know, just, yeah. just so we're all clear that, you know, it's yeah. for everybody um, that, uh, you know, it, it allows everybody to participate, uh, not just the couple of people that are in the office that you happen to be visiting especially exactly. if they're decision makers. Yeah. And so again, these are, these are ways that salespeople can use this tool to their advantage. Yeah. And you, you'd, you'd, uh, you know, you'd sort of given me some perfect, a perfect in there a couple of, a couple a minute or so ago when you said about adapting right now, I'm thinking in my mind, like uh, a way I could, uh, you know, spin the book, right. Like re, re, rewrite. Hey, the you know, book, you, right? You're, you're going to come yeah. out with version two here coming like out. Zoom, soon, zoom you know? the book. Right. And I mean, I often get that challenge about LinkedIn and things like that because there's so many people that like to sell on LinkedIn, but the zoom I think is more appropriate because the book's really for a lot of people that are meeting, meeting people, meeting customers in business meetings or sales meetings and what have you. And, uh, and zoom is the same thing, right? It just, it's a, it's a different medium of, of, of meeting your customers. Right. And, uh, 
Whereas, whereas LinkedIn is more of a marketing tool, right? It's not a, you know, not, not really the, where the sales uh, occur. Well, it's either, it's a marketing tool if you're trying to sell what you do, but it's also a research tool if you're trying True. to find people to buy. It is. And, yeah. and again, I, I think this is a good segue from, from talking about the using Zoom and video and supplementing on, on site because uh, LinkedIn is a virtual activity. Um, to me, there's a really important and great way to be successful with LinkedIn. Uh, you know, there's a couple of good ways to use it and a lot of ways that are just not, you know, if you're just sitting on there all the time, tap, tap message, I don't know, tapping messages out, uh, that may or may not be helpful because I get a lot of junk that I don't appreciate. Yeah. But if you use it to find people uh, and you pull them off LinkedIn, get them into your own database, and then you end up creating some relationship with them, uh, I have been fantastically successful with LinkedIn by initiating relationships and finding commonality so, you know, again, that, that's, that's exactly what the tool. I do with it. Yeah. That's exactly how I work, how I use the tool as well. And, um, the, um, but I was, uh, the, you know, I, I was, I was thinking back sort of segue back to zoom, but I mean, you, you had mentioned about adapting and, um, there's one of the rules called pardon the expression, but shit flows downhill is one of the names of one of the chapters. And it tells a story about a guy who sells, um, uh, forklifts or tow motors, whatever you call them, uh, you know, uh, in your area, um, for a living. And he, he starts by calling the CEO, right. And he's like, you know, I don't buy, I don't buy, I'm not involved in the tow motor purchase. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but it's a hundred thousand dollar purchase, you know. And um, he's like, look, you know, the vice president of uh, of warehousing, you know, you, you got to deal with him, right? Call Jack, right? And he calls Jack, and Jack's like, what are you bothering me for about tow motors? You know, Bob's a warehouse manager for for the the Northwest, right? Call the call him, right? And before you know, you're four or five levels down, right? And everyone you call, you're like, oh, I just I was just on the phone, had a great chat with the CEO. He said you really got to take check out these tow motors, right? And, um, the, you know, and at some point, you know, and I'm using the same thing, finally I get down to the warehouse manager for, you know, the Toronto location or Buffalo or whatever. And I'm like, look, I talked to the VP, the CEO, they all say, we got to get one of these units in here to trial. When can I drop one off? Right. And in this, in the book, the story goes, I invite this, uh, I call the CEO down at the perfect moment when they're all in love with it to have a quick look. It's the best thing, you know, you, you're going to want to see this. I know the requisitions for hundred grand is going across your desk and he pops down. You could do the same thing with Zoom, right? You know, when you're, you know, you could pull that guy in at, at some point and uh, when he won, when he otherwise wouldn't participate and you, you got to know it when you're selling, like who's signing off on 10,000 bucks, who's signing off on 50, who's signing off on a hundred. And before in the old days, people would say, oh, I sent it upstairs. I, you know, and then you, how do you tell that to your sales manager? Oh, it's upstairs. And, um, you know, it's with the powers that be or something like that. Right. And I mean, in, in my scenario, I can call whoever I think is the right guy. Look, the VP of finance, the CEO, I say, look, I know this is on your desk. What do we have to do to close this deal? Right. And, um, you know, and again, these, some of these virtual tools will allow you to connect with them, you know, maybe easier, better, or, uh, more appropriately. And, and listen, and, and, and some of these tools are, are excellent for researching and finding out something. Uh, you know, I use LinkedIn. I'd like to know, uh, a lot about the person I'm calling and, and I like to call every person and talk to them. Like I know them since kindergarten and, you know, and, and have, you know, whatever conversation that, uh, that we can have together. It's, you know, it's interesting. One of the things I think that if we think of these things as tools, 
and not the end of the world. They're just tools. Um, it's important to understand the power of the tool, but it's also important to understand the limitation of the tool. I'll give you, give you an example. Uh, I just relocated my office and the moving company uh, had us use FaceTime and walk around and show them all of the property that they were going to be moving. And, you know, and it turns out that the estimation was not that accurate. Well, because, you know, they should have sent a mover, uh, an estimator out to look at it. Instead, they relied on this. And, you know, so it's, that's a limitation. I mean, and yeah. they, maybe they get it close, but they don't get it right. Like a human being would, if they were there in person to see, I don't know, perspective or to see dimension, whatever things. And so you have to, if you're going to really master the tools, whatever the tools are, seems like you got to be able to master what it does well and what the limitations are. And I, I just think that a lot of times we're not thinking about those things in an adequate way. Yeah. Yeah. The, that's really good. And your golf analogy was a good one. And um, yeah. And I mean, the mistake that some people might make because of the comfort level or they're more comfortable using the virtual tool or what have you is that it can do everything right. That's, that's what you have to really, you know, understand is that it's a tool. And uh, you know, if you want to drive it 200 yards, you, you don't want to be using the putter. Right. No, that, and, uh, and look, you know yeah. what? I mean, people, people kind of think the, the, the whole internet is like a be all and end all. It's like, a, you know, heaven on earth, the whole thing. But the truth is, it's a tool. It has limitations. It's in a certain way, it's allowed us to do lots of cool new things, but there are things that it doesn't do that great. Maybe yeah. it will in the future. And we have so, to understand those. Yeah. So speaking to that in uh, one way, I often relate that to our people when it's like, oh, you know, I can do it on LinkedIn and Zoom and this and that, whatever. I know I'm picking, maybe sounding like I'm picking on them, but is that the, um, uh, uh Oh, you know what? I actually completely lost my train of thought. So we'll, uh, the uh, we'll have to we'll have to switch to something yeah, else. Yeah, you know what? That. Listen, uh, this has been an interesting conversation. You know, our the promise of the show is to deliver the inside track, the best, smartest, or fastest way to get something done. And when you talk about adapting some of the tools that we were talking about, Zoom, LinkedIn, some of these other kind of tools uh, into a kind of a new hybrid reality where people are at home, people are at the office, people are traveling, people are at Zoom and really understanding these tools. I think you did deliver the inside track on a lot of this. And when people deliver the inside track and they live up to the promise of the show, we call those people advantage players. And that makes you an advantage player. And we appreciate awesome. you contributing to the show. Thanks, Joel. So thank you very much for, yeah. for sharing. And, uh, and you've got a book and we'll put a link in the show notes uh, to your book. And if anybody wants to uh, pick that up, they can run to Amazon and I'm sure they can buy all the copies they want, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. All right. It's open 24 hours a day. Well, listen, Glenn, thank you very much. Appreciate you being on the show and we'll, Thanks, uh, we'll keep it. in touch. You've been listening to Profit from the Inside with Joel Block. For more insights and to learn more, visit joelblock.com. How about a shout out and a huge thanks to our podcast show producer, David Wolf, and the team at Autovita Studios. Profit from the inside wouldn't be possible without these wonderful professionals. To learn more or to find out how you can launch and produce your own podcast show, reach out to www.audivita.com. That's A-U-D-I-V-I-T-A.com. Produced by Audivita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.